And we are live. What's up, guys? Welcome to Fed It. Uh, sorry for the delay, guys. I just came from the gym and I was getting some things in place to make sure that this broadcast comes off nice and smooth and we don't have any issues as far as sound or anything else. Uh, quick, I'll hit the super chat real fast. We got Pina in the house. Shout out to you, Pina Patootie, five bucks all the way from Great Britain. Welcome back, Myron. Uh, Miami Myron, how does it feel to go to be back after spending a couple days of NY? In NY, uh, guys, it was good. Don DeMarco for you. It was a lot of fun. Don DeMarco. Um, out there in NYC. For some of you guys that don't know, I'm originally from Connecticut, so I'm very familiar with New York City, even though I think it sucks. Uh, and um, yeah, you know, it was cold as hell, but you know, it is what it is. You got to do what you got to do, right? We went and we did an interview with Flagrant, and then we did two podcasts with uh, our boy DJ Academic. Shout out to him. We did one with him. Uh, we talked about, you know, getting canceled from everyone being all mad at us. And then we also did one with uh, Brittany Renner, which is actually a very good constructive conversation. Um, she is uh, actually really cool in person. Um, and honestly, she kind of understands if you guys, I think the episode's probably out by now, but she's not delusional. She understands that, you know, her social media prowess and her past is going to come back to haunt her, unlike a lot of other girls who think, oh, well, I still deserve, you know, a top tier guy regardless of my past. And like for her, she at least accepts it. So that's, you know, and that's the thing with me. Like I, I always tell girls, do whatever you want, but just understand that there's consequences. And she definitely understands there's there's uh, consequences. But other than that, um, what else? We had a we had the broadcast of flagrant academics. Uh, we hung out. With some with some ladies at a club. Oh, I got to switch the branding up. My bad, guys. It's not fresh and fit after hours. It's a uh, fed it. Oh man, my bad. <laughs> uh, let me switch this back up. Um, so we are here. Um, yeah. <laughs> after hours, like, wait, where's the girls? What's going on here? Um, so let me see here. Uh, let me know, guys, if audio and everything is good. Give me ones in the chat, and then we're gonna get this bad boy bad boy going here. We got two other shows for you guys, by the way. We got. I'm doing three shows today. I got this one for you guys with Push I see, which I apologize last time I couldn't do it. We didn't have time. Uh, because we had to catch the plane. And then um, we got today, we're going to break down Columbia game. And then we're also going to break down, uh, you know, after, obviously an after hour show. But the the Columbia game is going to be huge for you guys. Okay. Marion, um, <laughs> you was cooking on that off the record. Uh, shout out to you standing on your beliefs. Yeah, bro. You know, people are going to hate, man. It is what it is. Okay. We got ones in the chat. Awesome. Uh, but I just had to say it, bro. I'm tired of everyone having a victim mindset. Everyone wants to cry. I'm like, oh my God, everyone's so racist by us. Oh my God. And it's like, bro, just shut up. Like, you cannot control how people perceive you. And on top of that, the world doesn't owe you understanding. People are going to be racist. People are going to be biased. It is what it is. You either can accept it and adapt and move on, or you can cry about it and try to cancel them. But it's like, bro, it ain't going to work. And it's funny because our biggest attractors right now are a demographic that we don't even care to, to appease to. You know what I'm saying? It's let's be, keep it all the way 1,000. It's typically African-American women that are coming at me all angry, like, you're so messed up. Uh, you're racist. You hate your own colors. Like, bro. This content is not for you guys, so get the hell out of here. We don't care what y'all think. But anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're not here to talk about intersexual dynamics. Today, we're here to break down the Pusheisty case, guys. And a lot has been going on with this one. Um, he recently accepted a plea deal, actually. Um, which, you know what? I will pull up that plea deal as well for you guys. Uh, but I was going to go over the case with you guys, give you my predictions of what I think is going to happen. Because there are so many <laughs> things on this case, man, that have me uh, a little concerned. But um, but yeah, we'll break it down. We'll go through the actual affidavit um, that was used and we'll go through the indictment. As you guys know, on this channel, we break down uh, criminal cases, um, whether it's a celebrity, rappers, whatever it is. And we read the documents and I actually walk walk you guys through probably what the investigators were thinking as they were the, running the case. And um, yeah, so hold on. Let me uh, pull up this case. So we're going to walk through a couple of things because there was a couple of uh, things that went down 
with um, the King of Diamonds incident and then the Bell Harbor shooting, etc. And we're going to, you know, put it all together. But first and foremost, uh, before I pull up this guilty stuff, um, let's let's go over who is Pushaisi. Because some of you guys might say, yo, who is this guy? What's going on here? So let's break this down. All right. So let's let's start it. Let's start getting into this bad boy. Um, uh, let me pull this up and I'm going to make sure you guys can actually see the screen here. So here's the Wikipedia page, guys. Nice and simple. Okay. This push I see Lontrell Donnell Williams Jr. Memorize that name, guys, because for when we read all the court documents, it's going to be Williams. Okay. Uh, born November 8th, 1999, young guy in his early 20s, better known by his stage name, Push Icy is an American rapper from Memphis, Tennessee. He has signed to Gucci Mane 1017 Records and Atlantic Records. He rose to fame in 2020 from his collaborations with the rapper and other artists within the label. Uh, he is perhaps best known for his 2020 single, Back in Blood, featuring rapper Lil Durk. Pusheisty released his debut commercial mixtape, Shiesty Season, on February 5th, 2021, which peaked at number three on the U.S. Billboard 200. His stage name was given by his late brother, and it comes from his childhood nickname, Mr. Pooh. And the name Shiesty, referring to his lifestyle, he received a co-sign from fellow Memphis rapper Juicy J. Okay, so this is him in 2021. You know, Burr, Burr. You know what I'm saying? Mr. Burr himself uh, signed with 1017. Well, yo, which is crazy. Everybody that signed under 1017 with, with Gucci <laughs> is in jail right now. It's crazy, bro. Uh, Coach the Ghost, Pushaisi. There was another guy that, like, I forget his name exactly, but he cut off his ankle monitor. So, uh, yeah, so we had the legal issues, guys. So, uh, and we're going to read the news article as well, but it, since they have it summed up here, on October 13, 2020, Williams was arrested in connection to a shooting in Bay Harbor Islands, Florida. He, sir, he faced several charges, including armed robbery, aggravated assault, and battery and criminal theft. He was released from custody on the same day of his arrest. On June 9, 2021, Williams was arrested again, this time in connection to a shooting at a strip club in Northwest Miami Dade. Williams was held with no bond and stayed jailed despite the victim of the shooting recanting. On June 29th, he was indicted over the Bay Harbor Islands robbery. And on July 8th, he was ordered by the federal judge to be held without bond pending trial. Um, and then on January 4, 2022, Williams pleaded guilty to federal conspiracy charges, which we will break those down uh, today. Actually, guys, we're going to go through the documents. But that's just, I guess, uh, at a bird's eye view, who is Pushaisi now that you guys know? Um, let me see here if we got any chats. Uh, and guys, um, I'm going to do a Q&A at the end of this, so don't worry. And I will be any anything that's any super chats that come in, I will put them on screen and I will read them as well uh, during the show. Um, and we got here at Mo Rizzle, five bucks. What's good, Myron? Ready for a dope stream? Enjoyed the off the record podcast and you roasting that big chick LMAO. Yeah, bro. This girl called into the while we were um, before we were going on the show, Fresh was on live and this girl got on his live, was waiting there for a minute too, just to talk smack to him, to call him like a bunch of derogatory terms. And I was like, bro. You're huge. Why are you even here talking? Like, we don't make content for you. And I just started roasting her, bro, because, you know, we weren't on YouTube and I wasn't on my Instagram. So I'm like, oh, boy, I'm about to let her have it, man, because I've been waiting to make fun of a fat chick. And, yeah, it was the end of it there. But anyway, <laughs> without me going off uh, off topic here, it was hilarious. Um, okay, cool. So we uh, know who Push Icy is. Signed at 1017 to, uh, you know, obviously the legend Gucci Mane. Uh, so let's um, let's break this down as well. And, and And as far as, like, the song goes, this is what they were talking about, about uh, Back in Blood. I'll show you guys real quick. I can't play the music, guys, for obvious reasons. Um, but I will show you guys um, the music video a little bit here, which this was his big hit here. You guys can see it. Um, Back in Blood, right? This is them. They shot this bad boy. I think it's Chicago. This is him and Dirk. Um, yeah, obviously a panel of astute gentlemen here. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and he famously says this on the songs, uh, don't need security, got my own fire in the club. And uh, he was not kidding, gentlemen. He was not kidding at all. You see Fredo Bang in the music video. Uh, they think they shot this um, over by O Block somewhere. 
Um, and the sad part is when they were filming this, guys, fun little fact, while they were out in Chicago filming this, uh, this was back in November, I think, of, of 2020 or 2019. Uh, no, hold on. When did this come out? This came out. Mm, does it show here? Mm, doesn't. Yeah, well, I got to look look at it here. It has all this stuff here. But either way, the point is, is uh, Vaughn w- w- actually got shot this weekend, guys. That's when he passed away, unfortunately. Uh, rest in peace to King Vaughn. While they were filming this, Vaughn was down in uh, in Atlanta, and that's when he had that incident and uh, and got shot by uh, by those guys during that altercation. So, uh, which is unfortunate, you know. But uh, yeah, so this is uh, the other reason too. I want you guys to see this, as you guys can see, flashing money, chains, all that other stuff. And, and this is gonna lead into the the King of Diamonds thing. Pushaisis does this thing where he always has money in his pockets when he's performing. Okay, he wear like a bunch of cash that he has in his pockets. Uh, it's like a little thing that he does. And you know what? Matter of fact, <laughs> I'll show you guys exactly what I'm talking about here because this is going to be relevant to the facts. So you guys kind of understand what happened here. Um, he actually performed on Jimmy Fallon, which was hilarious because uh, <laughs> I don't know if Jimmy Fallon knew uh, what this song is about. But um, but yeah, guys, basically um, here, I'm going to share show this to you guys right now. Let me share the screen real fast. Um, the song Back in Blood is basically he's talking about stealing some uh, – <laughs> stealing some guns and some property from his ops out there in in Memphis. And uh, the song is kind of based on a true story. And the fact that they had him on uh, Jimmy Fallon, the tonight show is actually very funny, but yeah, here he is. So uh, the reason why I want to show you guys this, as you guys can see, when Chelsea performs, this is what he does. He has a bunch of cash in his pockets. Okay. He, and it's just wads of cash. He puts it in his front pockets, back pockets. It's something that he does. And when he was performing at King of Diamonds, he also had this money in his pocket just like that. He was wearing white pants, and he had a bunch of uh, U.S. currency <laughs> in certain denominations. And uh, it was around 40000 bucks. I think, he had on, on him in person. But, yeah, this is what he does when he performs. He has all this money in his pockets, okay, very common. And uh, he had to <laughs> blurt out a lot of the swears in the song. But the song is basically, guys, him talking about, hey, I stole your stuff. Come back and get it in blood if you're so tough, okay? And this was a song as some of his ops. I forget the guy's names out there in Memphis, but it's another uh, rap group. I think EBGK or something like that. Um, and and he does this all the time. He you know he he has the money. He does the, like the little thing, the spread right on his arms. Uh, and he he he's always like counting the money like this. You know what I'm saying? It's like part of his performance. You know he does this all the time. So all right, so we know who he is. Showed you guys the 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 Tonight Show performance. Okay, so let's read this article real quick, which summarizes it up, and then we're going to start going through the legal documents and going through some footage, okay? Because, yes, guys, they got him on on video uh, robbing the people, (laughs) which uh, is kind of unfortunate. But uh, let's see here. Uh, Pulling up that video for you guys. It is – oh, yeah, okay, so this article here – Okay, so this is the Sun article, okay? So this summarizes everything, and we'll go through the video. So behind bars, rapper Pusha I see arrested after shooting at King of Diamonds, Miami Strip Club, injured one person, okay? So rapper Pusha I see handed himself into cops on Tuesday to reportedly face, and this was uh, put, put out on June 8, 2021, uh, to, uh, to face charges for a shooting in a Miami Day strip club over Memorial Day weekend. So there's two separate shootings here, guys, okay? The 21-year-old rapper, whose real name is Lontrell Williams, allegedly shot a security guard in the leg. Okay, it was at the ankle, but that's close enough, son. Uh, the incident happened at the King of Diamonds Strip Club in Northwest Miami-Dade on May 30th, the Miami Herald reports. Uh, during footage reportedly posted to social media of the shooting, the man behind the camera says Shiesty is at the venue and claims someone stole the musician's money. The crowd then appears to scatter as shots are reportedly fired. TMZ claims that at around 4 a.m., a dispute broke out between Shiesty 
and security staff as he was being escorted out the building. The security manager reportedly said it was because money fell out of Shiesty's pocket. As you guys know, that's how he does his music. He puts a bunch of money in his pockets. Uh, it was not clear how much, if any, money was involved. TMZ adds that the rapper reportedly took out his gun and fired into the crowd, but that the shot hit off a guard's ankle and he was taken to the hospital. Shiesty had reportedly fled the scene before the cops arrived. The rapper faces an aggravated battery charge, um, the Herald states. Shiesty has faced previous gun charges. He was arrested in October 2020 for a shooting in Harbor Bay Islands in which two people were injured. The rapper was charged with aggravated battery with a deadly weapon and armed battery in that incident. Uh, dramatic footage. Remember, guys, the state took it first originally. Okay, they, When he got arrested and charged with these things, it was a state that took it. And then the feds came in later and took over. Uh, dramatic footage from the shooting allegedly showed the gunfight erupted after one of the victims tried to sell high-end sneakers and marijuana. Okay, here he is with Gucci Mane performing. Um... And this is uh, from the surveillance video. And the surveillance video shows a McLaren sports car, a Mercedes-Benz Maybach, and another Mercedes pulling into a parking lot of a Bay Harbor Islands condo. The drivers and passengers then get out of the cars, and just minutes later, a man in a white shirt and another in a black sweatshirt begin firing. They then run back to the Maybach, which speeds away with the McLaren following. Another man could be seen hobbling back to the other Mercedes. That's because Pushaisti shot the guy in the ass, which is funny and alarming at the same time. So... <laughs> So, so this is a summary of what happened. So there's two different shootings. Okay, guys? So he was not kidding around when he says he got his own fire in the club and outside the club. Uh, and we got here a uh, cardboard knife, $5. My super chats weren't processing, but I originally wrote that. I've been waiting on this stream since Sunday, LM, LMAO, F, WTF. Yeah, sorry, guys. Like I said, we, we I had to catch the plane, so I didn't have time to do the stream, and I didn't want to rush it because I knew you guys were probably going to have a bunch of questions, so I wanted to make sure that I get you all um, the sauce. Uh, we got uh, Black Wolf Inc. Five bucks, dynamite. Thank you so much. I appreciate that, Black Wolf Inc. And uh, let's see here. Anything else? And then also, I want to bring you guys bring this to your attention as well. Um, so uh, just so y'all know, Pooh Shiesty, he in this song right here. Um, okay, and I want to show this to you guys because Pooh Shiesty came from kind of a messed up background, guys. He grew up very poor in Memphis. Uh, didn't have a dad. Okay, and we always talk about the importance of father figures, right? So. This song right here, and you guys can listen to it on your own time because I can't play it here for obvious reasons. Um, but this song right here, this is actually one of my favorite Gucci Mane records right here. This is called uh, Gucci Mane Still Remember, okay? And and uh, Gucci talks about, you know, his upbringing, you know, how he got evicted and growing up poor. And here, Pushaisi, right, says, uh, was the man of the house, had to figure shit out every time my pops went to the feds. And I actually did some research. He was not kidding around, guys, okay? So I'm going to show you guys... This uh, court document here real fast that, um, you know, the, I guess the apple doesn't fall far from the tree here. Um, good song. Check it out, guys, in your free time. Uh, stop sharing. So what I'm going to do here, I'm going to show you guys his dad's federal case, which I found. Okay. Um, uh, I have it here somewhere. It is this one. Okay. Boom. So the apple does not far, fall far from the tree, gentlemen. This is his father, Lontrell Williams Sr., Enrico Johnson. This is back from 2007, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you know, and as you guys can see, uh, 18 U.S.C. 2, which I, this is misprison of a felony, and then 21 U.S.C. 841, and then 846. So for you guys, that um, we, and we broke this down a little bit, but 21 Title 21, guys, of the U.S. Code is drug violations, okay? And then 18 U.S.C. is criminal violations. So 
Uh, this is possession with attempt to distribute a 41 a one. This is like the general charge that people always get hit with when it comes to the feds and drugs. And then a 46 is conspiracy. And I know this cause I used to charge these charges all the time when I was an agent myself. And then this one I think is, uh, aiding and abetting or misprison of felony. One of the two, uh, but either way, Beginning at, beginning at a time unknown to the grand jury and continuing until honor about July 20th, 20, 2007 in the Western District of Tennessee, the defendants, Lontrell Williams and Rico Johnson, did unknowingly, uh, did unlawfully, knowingly, and intentionally conspire, combine, confederate, and agree with each other and with other persons, both known and unknown to the grand jury, to possess with intent to distribute at least 500 grams of a mixture and substance containing a detectable amount of cocaine, a controlled substance classified by Title 21, United States Code 812. As Schedule 1 control substance, at least 5 grams of the mixture of substance containing a detectable amount of cocaine base, a control substance as classified by Title 21, United States Code Section 812 as a Schedule 1 control substance, a mixture of substance containing a detectable amount of marijuana, a controlled substance as classified by Title 21, United States Code Section 812 as a Schedule 1 control substance, and a mixture and substance known containing a detectable amount of 3,4-methylene, okay, methamphetamine, guys, <laughs> commonly known as MDMA and or ecstasy. Uh, I can't pronounce it correctly, but you guys get what I'm saying. But yeah, MDMA or ecstasy, a contro uh, controlled uh, substance, is classified by Title 21, United States Code 812 as a schedule, uh, controlled substance, and all violations of Title 21 and 846. So, yeah, he he went to jail, guys, for basically um, selling dope, all right? Him and his buddy Rico here. And this is the indictment, uh, count four. You know, the, the, these are the different counts. And remember, guys, the indictment is a formal charge when you've been indicted by a grand jury for um, – for crime and then this is the four person assigned it anytime you go uh and anytime something gets indicted the agent goes in with the u.s attorney he presents his case they add the grand jury asks questions whatever it is it's to establish probable cause agent steps out uh u.s attorney stays there with the grand jury they deliberate and then boom they return a true bill of indictment and then bam as you guys can see here the four person aka the leader of the grand jurors uh signs it dates it um and then you know in this case the united states attorney signed it um every district is different but yes, they got a true bill and he ended up doing quite a bit of time for this. Um, and I think I looked at his case st even to now. He's still dealing with some stuff as far as this case goes because he like evaded bond or whatever. But the point I wanted to show was that the um, he uh, <laughs> the apple does not fall far from the tree, my friends, is what is basically the main point. So uh, stop screen share. OK, so he wasn't kidding around. He really lives his raps, guys. When he talks about, you know, uh, got my own fire, don't need security in the club talking about, you know, robbing people back in blood, you know, because he really did, him and his boys really did go ahead and steal the stuff from their op's house, right? And then he's basically taunting them, hey, come back, come and get it back in blood, okay? So when you hear people say that term, he was the one that made that pretty uh, common. So, so yeah, a little interesting tidbit there that I want to share with you guys. So, okay, so let's look at some of this footage here, okay? So now that we know who Push Icy is, we know who his dad is, okay? Because uh, remember, he's Lontrell Williams Jr. and his dad is Lontrell Williams, right? And we talk, we know the two shootings that he's involved in, one at King of Diamonds here in North Miami, right? So it's a pretty popular strip club here, by the way, guys. And then at Bay Harbor Islands right here in, in Miami, right? Now we're going to uh, look at some of the footage, right? So first, let me pull up this, um, the footage from the news uh, here that I have, uh, the footage and let me know, guys, if this plays and it plays okay and it doesn't give y'all an echo, all right? I'm going to play it. Video shows Bay Harbor Islands shootout involving rapper Pooh Shiesty, okay? <laughs> so they got the crime in pretty good quality, guys. Goddamn 1080p. 
So uh, let's play this bad boy. Broad daylight bullets. Two hit over half a million bucks in exotic cars. All of it on surveillance video obtained exclusively by 7 News. Give me ones in the chat. Guys, give me ones in the chat if it's not echoing. Let me make sure we're good here. Uh, Ones in the chat. Oh, there is an echo? All right, no problem. I'm already prepared, baby. I'm already prepared. All right, don't even worry. I'm going to close this tab. Stop sharing. I already got it ready on the Firefox, baby. I knew that might happen. I got y'all. All right, share screen. Um, I had it here. All right, let me open it up. All right, cool. All right, you guys got that bad boy? All right, so now we'll play it for y'all. Broad daylight bullets. Two hit over half a million bucks in exotic cars. All of it on surveillance video obtained exclusively by 7 News from October in ultra-quiet Bay Harbor Islands. I got the knife because I'm fine. And it involves a recording artist, Pooh Shiesty. Except unlike this clip, what happened here was no music video. The footage shows a McLaren sports car. Mercedes Maybach and another Mercedes pull into this East Bay Harbor. By the way, these are rented cars, just so y'all know. <laughs> Which, if you're going to commit a felony, don't come in with rented cars, guys, all right? That's step number one. <laughs> drive condo parking lot. Men from the. And don't do it in bright foreign cars like this that are exotic. The vehicles eventually get out and meet, and then this. The man in the white shirt has a pistol. The man in the black sweatshirt has a longer gun. And at about the same time, they begin firing before retreating back to the Maybach. So this guy gets shot in the ass here, okay? And the other guy had a Draco. So I think I think Pooh had a pistol and his buddy had a Draco. The fancy getaway cars speed off, and one of two victims then hobbles to the car. Skyforce 836. The victims ended up at Aventura <laughs> Hospital with injuries. But back to this. Also, guys, keep in mind that you don't, you never want to, this area that they're in is a very nice area of Miami, okay? Uh, or, or, or South Florida in general, Bay Harbor. Very, a lot of money up here, okay? This, this was not a good place to, to do this. <laughs> Seen for a moment. Police say the famous rapper was in that McLaren. If I shoot my gun, 300 shots. Police. Okay. Some prosecutors say Pooh Shiesty was part of the group that ended up in this parking lot that October afternoon where the shots flew. And it happened right across the street from the police department and town hall here in Bay Harbor Island. Oh, Lord. Days before. Across the street from the police department? Come on, man. Oh, Lord, man. Like, what the? Woo. <laughs> God damn. For an arrest. The town of Bay Harbor Island says you're wanted for aggravated battery with a deadly weapon. He's also charged with armed robbery. Bay Harbor police names one other for aggravated battery in their affidavit, saying the two left the state in a private jet. Police also using these Instagram photos, showing Shiesty with an assault-style rifle and cash as part of their case. They. I think that was a Draco. And then as you guys can see, that's kind of like his thing that he does, flashing the money. <laughs> and you guys are going to see that this picture was actually critical for the Fed case. I'm going to talk to you guys about that in a second. Don't worry. They say the shooting came as one of the victims tried selling high-end sneakers and marijuana. Who, they got the right guy? Sheldon Fox, 7 News. And, and uh, yeah, fair use right there, baby. So, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, not only did it do it in an area that isn't a good place to do it, he also uh, did it. Um, <laughs> he also, um, it was across the street from the police department, man. 
<laughs> oh, man. Guys, do me a quick favor, by the way, before we get into the court documents here. Like the video, comment to the uh, comment below after the video is done saying, uh, you know, for the algo or whatever. But like the video and subscribe to the goddamn channel because ain't nobody about to break this stuff down like I'm going to break it down for y'all. Because, uh, yeah, we've been doing some research on this one, bad boy. Okay, so uh, let's see here. Um, so we broke down. Okay, so I'll hit the super chats real quick. Cardboard knife, this is so idiotic. It's like having a shootout in Beverly Hills, stupid. Yeah, wasn't really the best um, thing to do. Um <laughs> And, yo, the thing that kills me is I like Pooh Shiesty. I listen to his music, man. All these rappers that we break down, I listen to their music. And it just, like, sucks that it's like, bro, come on, man. Like, bro, like, ah. Uh. Uh, all right. Back at it again, putting us up uh, up with Legal Game. Thanks, Myron. FNF fam, we up, baby. I got y'all, man. I got y'all, man. Ain't nobody going to break these cases down for you guys at this level, you know. Uh, we're the best out here. And then what else here? And then, uh, all right, cool. I think we're caught up on the chats. Thank you guys so much. Okay, so let's go uh, over now to, um, all right, so I don't need this tab anymore. All right. Okay, oh, now let's look at the other video as well that I want to show you guys. Um, and what I'll do is I'll put this in the Firefox tab as well so it doesn't have, because um, now I'm going to show you guys the King of Diamonds shooting, okay? Um, give me one second, guys, while I get this ready for you guys. All right. I'm going to just queue Thousand. it up. So I'm going to queue it up for y'all. Okay. So time to share the screen. Now, this is the King of Diamonds joint. All right. Bang. So as you guys can see, this is him and King of Diamonds. All right. And this is someone that caught him on Instagram while he was walking out, right? Hey, what's up, y'all? Y'all know my slogan. I don't know it all, but I know. Bam, as you guys can see right there, here, here he is with the firearm while leaving the area. And this is him after performing. As you can see, because I saw the footage from before, he had a bunch of money in his pockets. I've been through which now today I'm coming to y'all. Like this is give you a short video. Um, put y'all up on game. Now it's been reported that in Miami at the King of Diamonds strip club last night, Pooh Shiesty was robbed out of. So yeah, so whether the money fell out of his pocket or whatever it was. Uh, there was some issue with that, and then this is that was him walking out of the club with the firearm, clearly on footage, which is uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, once again, man, unfortunately, uh, having him on camera walking out with a gun like that, you know. And I'm almost, I'm not, I think he might be a felon too, guys. So he shouldn't even be having a gun, but that's a whole other situation. So all right, let's start going over the court documents here. All right, and there's we got one thousand y'all in here. Do me a favor. Like the video, guys. Subscribe to the channel, okay? Help me get that engagement up because, like I said, ain't nobody else doing this kind of stuff for you guys. Um, all right, so, and we're going to put, we're gonna break down this plea agreement as well. Um, so, all right, so let's start reading this document here. 40,000. My bad. Okay, close this. I learned from last time, guys, that I'm starting to close these tabs down, goddammit, so that you guys don't get confused. All right, so. Here, guys, is the criminal complaint. All right. So we're going to break this bad boy down and read through it. So now you guys know the facts, right? So you guys, we know we went over who Pusha T is, right? Then we read the Sun article that talked about his two shootings, one at Bay Harbor Islands, then one at King of Diamonds. Then we talked about, um, then we talked about, uh, the, the, we showed the footage, we showed the news article, etc. So now we're going to break down this case. 
with the actual court documents. Now, just so y'all know, this was a criminal complaint, right? So you got 121MJ. Whenever there's an MJ, that means it hasn't been indicted yet, okay? It means that someone basically wrote a criminal complaint, which, uh, you know, is basically like an affidavit, right? So, uh, uh, showing facts of a, of a crime happening, right? The affiant is typically a sworn law enforcement officer, whether it's a federal agent or a task force officer, which we broke down a difference between a federal agent versus a task force officer. If you guys watched my earlier episode episodes where I break all that down, um, and uh, this is basically what happened was they had the facts. They wrote a criminal complaint, sent to the United States attorney, the prosecutor. And then, uh, you know, and then they got him arrested. And then once they got him arrested, they came back and indicted him later, which I have the indictment as well. And we'll read that. So, OK, so let's see here. This is uh, OK. So Juan Antonio Gonzalez this is the United, uh, acting United States attorney. He signed it. Um, this is basically, you know, just to go to the criminal complaint cover sheet. I remember this because I actually. Um, I worked with the U.S. Attorney's Office, guys, when I was an agent myself. I worked here in Florida, in, in Miami. So this is a district, Southern District of Florida. All right. And as you guys you can see, they're charging Lantra Williams, a.k.a. Pusha Icy, Bobby Brown, and Jaden DeRosa. Okay. The defendants. Now, here's a cover sheet. Criminal complaint by telephone or other reliable electrical means. Remember, guys, this was in the middle of the pandemic, so they couldn't go in and swear with the judge. You had to call him in and actually do a FaceTime call, which I actually did that right before I resigned on one of my cases. Uh, on or about the dates of October 9, 2020, in the county of Miami-Dade in the Southern District of Florida, the defendants violated 18 U.S.C. 1951, conspiracy to commit Hobbs Act robbery, 18 U.S.C. 1951A, uh, Hobbs Act robbery, and then 18 U.S.C. 924C, discharging a firearm and furtherance of a crime of violence. God damn. Not good. Okay. And the complainant is FBI Task Force Officer Elio Garcia. They did it via FaceTime. And the judge was Alicia M. Atazo Reyes, which funny. <laughs> Guys, I've actually I've, I've went to her for some of my cases before as well. Really nice judge. But anyway, <laughs> like the goddamn video. Ain't nobody else giving you all this kind of goddamn uh, uh, co content right now, okay? Before I resign, you know, shout out to, to them. So anyway, okay. So affidavit in support of criminal complaint, your affiant Elio Garcia being duly sworn to pose and states as follows. I'm a task force officer, TFO for the Federal Bureau of Investigation, FBI, currently assigned to the Violent Crime slash Fugitive Task Force in the Miami Division. I've been an FBI TFO since May 2019. I'm also a homicide detective for the Miami-Dade Police Department and have been assigned to the Homicide Bureau since May 2021. Prior to my Homicide Bureau assignment, I served in the Miami-Dade Police Department Robbery Bureau from March 2003 to, March, to May 2021. I have received training in the investigation of robbery-related crimes and identification of subjects. As a task force officer for the FBI, my current duties involve investigating various violations of federal offenses, including bank robberies, Hobbs Act robberies, extortion, and other violations of federal law. So just so what does this first paragraph do? The first paragraph, guys, is always um, it's your the, the first paragraph is establishing who you are, what you investigate what your background is, and it's basically what we call an I love me paragraph where you talk about why you are qualified to write this affidavit and you talk about your experience, okay? So that's that's what that first paragraph is about, all right? So this guy's a task force officer, which um, real quick, just to sum it up for y'all, and I broke this down in detail, but just so you guys kind of understand uh, what the, what a TFO is, it's you're, basically the guy works for Miami Police Department, right, as a homicide detective, but... He's also sworn and deputized as a federal law enforcement officer as well under the FBI. So he basically has his Miami-Dade badge, but he also has an FBI badge that he does uh, criminal, federal criminal cases on under the FBI badge, right? So he has authority on both. So he could charge you state and federal, which is awesome. This is why you want task force officers on your uh, team because they have, I hate to say it, they have more, the people don't want to admit this, but they have more authority than you as a special agent because they can do, they can enforce state law 
and federal law. And uh, they have access to the state databases. They can call the, the police department to do traffic stops, whatever it may be. So they have a lot of um, utility, man. Task force officers are fantastic to have on your squad because they add a lot of utility. And also, they don't mind working overtime. I'll tell you guys this from working with them. They don't mind working overtime because they get paid on typically hourly versus federal agents don't get paid. They get paid on a salary and they get something called LEAP, law enforcement availability pay, which basically is 25% of your base salary. So, you know, let's say you make a base salary of $50,000 per year, right, as a, as a Fed. Well, that means you're going to get 62.5 because you get that 25% added because that accounts, because they already assume that you're going to be out investigating crime and working weird hours. So it's already built into your salary. So after that, there's no real overtime. It's very difficult to get overtime as a Fed, guys. But the state and locals can get overtime easy. And on top of that, they get reimbursed by the federal agency typically, right? So he'll work overtime for the FBI. He'll, you know, put in his hours. Miami-Dade Police Department will pay him. And then the FBI or Department of Justice will pay Miami Depart Police Department. They'll reimburse them for the overtime that he works on behalf of the FBI. Does that make sense? So that's why task force officers are so great because um, you get the utility of being able to use the state and they still have the federal authority and they can work more hours because they're compensated uh, for uh, for overtime, right? So they're more incentivized to work. You know, let's be honest here. This is the reality of the world that we live in. M money is an incentivized, a, a huge incentivization for people to do things. So, um, you know, I'm not saying that feds don't work extra weird hours or whatever, but you, you know, staying locals always when anytime I was sitting on surveillance doing like a, a, a lot of hours on surveillance, I would always want task force officers with me because they wouldn't complain. Like, you know, the feds, oh man, I'm gonna get home and shit, blah, 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 complain because they don't get overtime like these guys do. So, anyway, just want to make that important distinction for you guys. So, he's a TFO, but he still has all the same authorities as an FBI agent because he's deputized under the FBI as a TFO. All right. So, yeah, all the same things. Uh, cardboard knife, five bucks. Our task force officer usually state police. He can, uh, how can a law enforcement officer qualify to be a task force officer? It depends. You apply, you know what I'm saying? Or, or, you know, word of mouth or whatever it is. Um, or the department or your department will just, you know, uh, you know, they'll pick some of their guys and send them over as task force officers. Um, but no, it could be anything. It could be a, a city department. It could be a constable. It can be, uh, another federal agency can be a task force officer, right? Um, like, for example, like you got um, Homeland Security Investigation Special Agents that sit over at the Joint Terrorism Task Force. They're task force officers, even though uh, they're feds themselves, because they also have, um, you know, now they now they can do the terrorism investigations. Right. So. So, yeah. Um, OK, so what else do we got here? Uh, so, yeah, so so it could be any sworn law enforcement officer can be a task force officer. Hell, sometimes you don't even have to have sworn officers. We've had people before that aren't necessarily sworn officers, but they have a certain expertise. They can be made task force officers and deputized to help out with uh, investigating things. All right. So cool. So that was the first uh, the first paragraph. So. Um, so here we go. Paragraph two. The information set forth in the affidavit results from my uh, results from my own investigation and that of other law enforcement agents. OK, guys. So hearsay is admissible in criminal complaints like this. This affidavit is submitted for the limited purpose of establishing probable cause that on or about October 9, 2020, Lontrell D. Williams, it, that's Pushaisty, by the way, guys. Williams is Pushaisty. Bobby Brown and Jaden DeRosa, collectively, the defendants committed the offenses of conspiracy to commit Hobbs Act robbery in violation of Title 18, United States Code, Section 1951A. Um, and these are just the statutes, right? And, and then remember, guys, they're only putting enough information for probable cause. There's more information, right? That you always put the least that you, the least amount of information required for the probable for to just establish probable cause because you don't want to give everything away. 
So because the affidavit is submitted for the limited purpose of setting forth probable cause for the proposed criminal complaint, it does not contain every fact known to me about the investigation. All right. So now we're going to get into the case. Like the video, by the way, guys. All right. Help us with that engagement because we're going to break this bad boy down. Okay. So these are the actual facts of the case. On October 9, 2020, at approximately 1.50 p.m., three males later identified as Williams, Brown, and DeRosa. Remember, guys, Williams is Pushaisi. Arrived at the Landon Hotel, the hotel, located at 9700 East Bay Harbor Drive in Bay Harbor Islands, Florida. Okay, which is a very nice place, like I told you guys before. One of the nicest malls down here in, uh, in uh, Miami-Dade County is uh, in that area. Williams was driving a green McLaren with Brown in the passenger seat. DeRosa was driving a black Mercedes Maybach. Williams had arranged to meet the, vi uh, the victims at that location to purchase a pair of high-end athletic sneakers and marijuana. Williams had rented the McLaren from victim one and was hoping to negotiate an extension of this vehicle rental part uh, of this vehicle rental as part of the transaction. Okay. So Push Icy rented the car from one of the victims. And I guess they were also coming to do a marijuana and sneaker deal. From what I understand, I think it was for some Jordans, um, from what I was told. During the transaction, Williams and Brown brandished firearms and shot both victims. Specifically, Brown shot victim one in the hip and Williams shot victim two in the ass or the buttocks. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Uh, the victims then drove to MD urgent care for medical assistance and were later transported to Aventura Hospital for further treatment. As part of the investigation, law enforcement reviewed video surveillance, which depicts Williams arriving at the hotel in the Green McLaren where Brown is the passenger and DeRosa arriving in the black Maybach. Williams was wearing a a yellow shirt, Brown was wearing a white t-shirt, and DeRosa was wearing a purple hooded sweatshirt. Shortly after Williams arrived at the hotel, victim one approached Williams and handed him a bag of marijuana. Victim two then approached and gave Williams a shopping bag. Williams opened the shopping bag and removed a pair of athletic sneakers and began examining them. So let's let's go back to the video, okay? So that we can, uh, and I'll pull it alongside the criminal complaint. So I'll read this paragraph again for you guys with the video playing so we can actually get the full picture on this bad boy, all right? So, so stop here and then let me pull up that, uh, that video real fast for you guys while we're, while we're here. So, so there was a deal that they went down with some sneakers and, uh, some weed and extending the McLaren and the, I guess it ended up in a, in a shootout. So, uh, okay. So here it is again. Okay. So we're going to fast forward here. Okay. So I'm going to share the screen with y'all now. And bear with me here, guys. Um, boom. All right. So, and I'm going to pull up the criminal complaint as well and read it. Okay. On my end. While we see this. So. All right. So they're saying... Uh, so it goes here. As part of this investigation, law enforcement re reviewed video surveillance, which is this video right here, by the way, guys. Okay. Depicts Williams arriving at the hotel in the green McLaren with Brown as the passenger. Okay. An ultra quiet Bay Harbor Island. So here's Pooh right there. All right. Except what happened here was a McLaren sports car, Mercedes Maybach, and another Mercedes pull into this East Bay Harbor Drive condo parking lot. So Pooh's in there. The you can see him. He's right in here wearing a yellow. Because in the affidavit, it goes, uh, Williams arriving at the hotel in a green McLaren with Brown as a passenger and DeRosa arriving in the black Maybach. Williams, a.k.a. Pooh, was wearing a yellow shirt. Brown was wearing a white T-shirt. And DeRosa was wearing a purple hooded sweatshirt. 
All right, so you can see it right here. He is coming out the car. Pooh's it right there, and then I think his homeboy is going to get out the car in a second. Eventually, get out and meet, and then this. Oh, boom! Right there. The man in the white shirt has a pistol. The man there in the is, black yep. sweatshirt has a longer gun, and at about the same time, they begin firing. Okay, so this guy gets shot in the butt for retreating back to the Maybach. The fancy getaway cars speed off, and one of two victims then hobbles to the car. Sky Force eight three six. Yeah. So this the, the, this is the video that the uh, law enforcement reviewed. All right. So let me move this back to where it was. Let me stop sharing real fast. All right. So now you guys got a better picture of exactly what these guys were looking at when they were uh, there. Uh, give, give me one second here, guys, as I'm moving this stuff around. God damn it. Okay. Um. And also, guys, while we while I do this, do me a favor and like the goddamn video. All right? Like the video, because this is not easy to do all this research and come up with this fire content for y'all. All right, so we're going to go back and pull up the affidavit for y'all. Boom. All right. Okay. Like the video. Right, let me check the chat real fast. All right. And then I got here $20 super chat from... Native Arain, what's good, Myron City boys? We out here. Damn right, baby. All right. Um, okay, Cardboard Knight, five bucks. Local police or union, does the chance to become a task force officer come by seniority, or is it a whole separate thing? It depends on a bunch of things. Seniority, skill level, uh, relationship with the feds, you know what I'm saying? So there's a bunch of things that go into it. If you have a certain skill, like let's say you got a canine, you're going to be highly you know, sought after as a task force officer. Um, BX native five bucks. Hey, Myron, does the government consider the KKK a national threat? Um, it depends. It, every year they come out with a new list, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're on a domestic terror, terrorist uh, list somewhere. Robertson and Myron got his own five. Don't need security in the pod. Facts. Y'all know that. Okay. Um, okay. So let's go back to the affidavit here, guys. Um, so we were on paragraph five, I think, or six. Um, okay. So you guys saw the video. Um, uh, Brown was wearing a white shirt and DeRosa was wearing a purple hooded sweatshirt. Shortly after Williams arrived at the hotel, victim one approached v Williams and handed him a bag of marijuana. Victim two then approached and gave Williams a shopping bag. Williams opened the shopping bag and removed a pair of athletic sneakers and began examining them. Okay. So now we're going to get into paragraph seven. Uh, there's a shady, there's a lady in the chat called hippie chick that's trying to get your attention. Myron, be gentle on her. She's shy. <laughs> okay. I didn't see it, but uh, let's continue on with the, with the, uh, with the pod. All right. So paragraph seven, victim two, then walked around the McLaren and sat in the passenger seat where Brown had previously been seated to collect payment from Williams. As victim two held one of the sneakers in his hand, Williams pointed a Draco subcompact weapon at him and demanded that he leave the sneakers in the car. <laughs> oh, my God, bro. DeRosa stepped out of the Maybach, Maybach, approached victim two, and attempted to take victim two's jewelry from his person. Moments later... As victim two attempted to stop DeRosa from stealing his jewelry, Williams shot victim two in the buttocks. Victim two then retreated towards the vehicle. Ultimately, DeRosa could not take the jewelry from victim two's person, but Williams maintained the sneakers without paying for them. Victim two operates a shoe sales business that involves the shipment of products in interstate commerce. Williams never paid either victim for the shoes or marijuana. Ah, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> let's read that one more time because this is craziness man 
Victim two then walked around the McLaren and sat in the passenger seat where Brown had previously been seated. Okay, so the so Pooh's buddy gets out the car, gets in the car with Pooh, and he's like, "All right, man, let's do the deal." And he wants to get the money. Victim two held one of the sneakers in his hand, and Williams, aka Pooh pointed a Draco subcompact at him and demanded that he leave the sneakers in the car. DeRosa stepped out of the Maybach, approached Victim two, and approached to take uh, to attempt to take Victim's jewelry from his person. Moments later, as Victim 2 attempted to stop DeRosa from stealing his jewelry, Williams, Williams shot Victim 2 in the buttocks. Victim 2 then retreated towards his vehicle, which you guys saw, the long-haired guy that got shot in, in the ass that, like, was limping. Okay? They couldn't get the jewelry, but they ended up uh, running away. And here's the other thing, too. This sentence is very important. Victim 2 operates a shoe sale business that operates the shipment of products in interstate commerce. Williams never paid either victim for the shoes or marijuana. Guys, that is key right there. That establishes venue. This is what gives the feds jurisdiction now to do this robbery case because victim two operates his business online, essentially, okay? And anytime you have a business online, it affects interstate commerce, and that's all the feds need to come in and now take this case. Why the state didn't have, why the, um, why it could go federal, all right? So, um, cause as we know, a lot of sneaker resales, resale type people, right. Especially like high end sneakers, they sell it online, which internet, AKA interstate commerce done. You know what I'm saying? So he never paid the victim for the shoes or for the weed. Okay. Because obviously they can't talk about the weed robbery. Cause like weed's illegal, but the sneaker business is legal. All right. So, oh my God. All right, I'm just going to keep reading this affidavit, but a, a, a big rapper robbing you of your jewelry and your sneakers. Oh, God, dude. All right, paragraph eight. Moments after Williams shot victim two, Brown shot victim one in the hip. Video surveillance shows victim one fell to the, fall to the ground in the area between Green McLa- the Green McLaren and the victim's vehicle. Victim one then observed Williams point a Draco subcompact weapon at him and state in substance, don't you try it. Shortly thereafter, Williams DeRosa and Brown returned to their respective vehicles and drove away. Williams never stepped out of the driver's seat of the McLaren. As you guys could see, he was sitting there in the yellow shirt the whole time. So he robs one guy, and then he shoots the other guy, all right? The surveillance captured a Louis Vuitton bag falling out of the driver's seat of the McLaren as Williams drove away after the shooting. Law enforcement recovered the bag, which contained $40,912 in U.S. currency. Williams' publicly available Instagram account, Pooh Shiesty, contains photographs that depict him displaying several long rifles and a plethora of $100 bills days before the robbery. One of the $100 uh, bills from the picture displayed the full serial number of the bill, which was LB73066478. Law enforcement recovered a $100 bill with the same serial number from the Louis Vuitton bag. Williams' Instagram account also contains tagged photographs where he's depicted posing with a green McLaren like the one from the video surveillance. Holy crap. So uh, let's talk about this photo that they're talking about here, guys. So the photograph that they're speaking about is the one that was in that video, right? And let's pull that bad boy up again, right? And it was, we'll just go, uh, history. Nope, actually, we'll just say poo. Shiesty, right? Shiesty, video surveillance, video surveillance, right? And then this is it right here. Inappropriate. Yes, I get that. 
And then where is the photograph? It was here. I remember when we were going through it. Boom, right here. This is the photo in question, guys. All right? And this is what the feds used to uh, to charge them because they were able to get this picture and look at the look at the serial numbers from this from this photograph. Okay? And this is what hurt them. And here's the other thing, too, guys, you got to understand as well, is that um, when you... Um, when you have a verified account, right? Which, if we go and look at his Instagram account, you know, matter of fact, let's let's go ahead and pull that bad boy up. Let's look at his Instagram account. We'll open up another tab here, right? We're gonna go, poo, shiesty. Actually, let me just go, poo shiesty Instagram, right? Okay, here's his Instagram. As you guys can see, this is his account, right? And it's verified, all right? And the reason why I want to bring this to your guys' attention is that so he posted from his Instagram account that photo that I just showed you, which I think he took it down by now. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, yeah, here's, here he is if you guys want to write him, by the way. Oh, it won't let me open it. All right, uh, let's see here. Yeah, did they, let's see, did they have more? Oh, okay, whatever. Either way, I don't. I think I think he took that picture down, but they were able to subpoena it. And this is here you can write him. Oh, this is his stuff right here. If you want to write him, by the way, guys. You know, but um. So anyway, the reason why I want to show you guys this is when you have a verified account, guys, like this, right, with the blue check, you have to send the photo ID in to verify you are who you say you are. Okay, so they need to know that um that you are because the whole purpose of verified guys. So a lot of you guys see this blue check and you think, oh man, this is cool, like. You know, blue check, I get girls. No, the reason why people, um, why you get verified, guys, is to establish that you are the main person. Because when you're a celebrity or somebody, you might have a business, you might have a service, you might be releasing some kind of product. And the people need to be able to trust that this is your real account if they're going to do business with you. So that's why having the verification is very important if you're a public uh, figure or a celebrity, right? But in order for you to get the verified account, besides, you know, having articles written on you, et cetera, and actually being somebody, you need to send in an ID and they need to be able to verify that you are who you say you are. So since this account is verified and the FBI go ahead and went ahead and pulled up his account, they can basically say, we know that this he's a controller of this account because it's a verified account. So if you commit a crime, right, and you post something on your Instagram and it's a verified account, don't post it on your verified account, guys, because they're going to know what's going on. <laughs> they're going to know that it's really you. Because to get verified, Instagram requires identification. When I got verified, when Fresh got verified, we had to send in our stuff. All right? So that's number one. So, okay, let me uh, minimize this. So let's get back into the affidavit. Because this is very important for you guys to know that they used his Instagram and the fact that he was tagged in a location to put him in the area and they found the money. Okay? So now law enforcement later identified the Rosa's publicly available Instagram page by the name Dread Montana. The account contains several photographs where DeRosa is depicting holding a Draco, light, a Draco firearm like the one used by Williams during the shooting, which we also just saw in the picture, right? Let me see if this guy's Instagram is still around, Dread Montana. Let's pull him up too. Why not? Dread Montana. Let's see if it comes. Oh, okay. It's gone. <laughs> Smart guy. It's down, it's, it's down, which happens pretty often, right? Yeah, Dread Montana. Oh, no, with two A's. Oh, hold on. Let's go back. Let's try that again. With two A's. Nope. Okay. Which I'm not surprised. Okay. Uh, 
And then paragraph left there. After recovering the video surveillance, law enforcement responded to Aventura Hospital to speak to the victims and present them with still photographs from the video surveillance. Victim one stated he was certain that the person driving the green McLaren was the rapper Pushaisti. Well, that's obvious, right? <laughs> and the victim one said he had several encounters with Pushaisti, including when victim one rented him the green McLaren. Victim one explained that when he was shot, the closest person to him was Pushaisti's road manager, Bobby Brown. Victim one described Brown as wearing a white T-shirt, which was corroborated by video surveillance. Law enforcement also presented victim one with a photograph of DeRosa, and victim one identified DeRosa as the driver of the Mercedes Maybach and the person wearing the purple hoodie. Oh, man. This is not looking good. All right, let me look here and see uh, any chats. I want to make sure I catch any chats that I miss any of you guys. Yo, you guys enjoying the video? Hope you guys are enjoying this thing. Would someone please put these animals behind bars? <laughs> hey, man. It ha well, they're in jail now. He's going to do some time on this one, guys. Um, and then let's see here. Uh, and, guys, thank you so much for the super chats. I really appreciate it, man. Like I said, all this money goes right back into the show, making it better. I got an intro coming out very soon as well that I'm going to use on the next episode. And I'm going to break down the K-Flock episode for you guys this Sunday. So stay tuned. Um, I was just waiting on some court documents. And I think they're finally, uh, how close are we, to, are we have to having them here? Woman, woman. Oh, she's listening to the video. All right, hold on. How how, how close are we to the, or do we have the stuff uh, for K-Flock or how far? Are we? Um, waiting on one more thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I got the complaint for it, guys. Uh, I'm just waiting on, uh, basically, he he had a court hearing, what, January 4th, I think it was? Yeah. And we're getting the transcripts on it for y'all. So we can actually go through it. So, okay. All right. So uh, let's keep on going here with this with this document. Um, so so basically, guys, so now here's the, some of the facts. They show up. They rob them. They shoot them in the process. The guys go to the hospital. The police show up, interview the guys, ask them, hey, you know, who are these individuals? And they were able to positively identify Pooh uh, because they had dealt with him before because he rented the vehicle from him. They knew who he was. He was a rapper. He was obviously driving a McLaren that they gave to him. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, yeah. <laughs> so we're on paragraph 12 now. Law enforcement then contacted victim two while he was being treated at Aventura Hospital. Law enforcement presented still photographs from video surveillance two to victim two, who also identified Williams as the driver of the green McLaren. Victim two identified DeRosa as the male wearing the purple hooded sweatshirt. Lastly, victim two identified Brown as road manager. So you got two people that positively identified all three of them. And then on, uh, now we're on paragraph uh, 13 now. On Sunday, May 30th, 2021, uh, Williams performed as a rap artist at the King of Diamonds Club located at 7020 Northwest 72nd Avenue in Miami, Florida. After this performance, Williams was paid the outstanding balance of his performance in cash, and a person from the crowd slapped his hand, causing Williams to drop the cash on the ground. Williams then retrieved a black semi-automatic pistol from his waistband and began waving it to prevent club patrons from taking his money. Upon seeing Williams with a firearm, club security sought to remove him from the venue. Video surveillance captured Williams w walking with the firearm in his hands. Williams then fired one shot, striking the club security guard in the ankle. Williams fled in a dark-colored vehicle. <laughs> Conclusion. Based on the information provided above, I respectfully submit that there exists probable cause to believe that on or about October 9th in Miami-Dade County, in the Southern District of Florida, Williams, Brown, and DeRosa committed the offenses of conspiracy to commit 
Hobbs Act robbery in violation of Title 18 U.S. Code 1951A, in violation of Title 18 United States Code 1951A, and discharge of a firearm in furtherance of a crime of violence in violation of Title 18. And then further, your affiant saith not, which basically means I don't have anything else to say. And this is Elio Garcia, Task Force Officer, Federal Bureau of Investigation, which, you know, uh, this is something that the Southern District of Florida does, by the way, guys. They, you know, every district is different, but AUSAs here tend to say that. And then, bam, that is Alicia M. Otazo Reyes that signs it. And next thing you know, they get an arrest warrant for him and they go and pick him up. Because in the in the process, guys, Pusha Isti was already in jail when they filed this. So they took him from the state jail and brought him over federal, okay? So that was the, the criminal complaint, right? So we know the facts of the case. So let me stop sharing this. Now we're going to go over the indictment, and then we'll go over the plea agreement, all right? Um, Gaines Podcast 2020, women in the studio 2022, the same. Yeah, man, you know how it is. Ain't nothing change. Um, and then we got, uh, and that's from Robert Sananis. Thank you so much. Two bucks. And then we got Junior. Can you do YFN Lucci case? I will do it. That's a state case, though, guys. And state cases, I'm not going to lie, are a pain. Just like right now with the KFLOC case, is a state case. So I have to manually go through and get everything through uh, the state of New York, which is no fun. But we're, we're going to get it for y'all. Because I got the complaint. I'm just waiting on those court transcripts. Uh, one to the three. One to three. So basically threw away his career for some weed and shoes. Super L, man. Yeah, man. It was not good at all. And the fact that he, like, why are you going to rob them, bro? You have all this money, man. Like, what the? God damn, bro. Like, you don't need weed and sneakers. But that's what happens, bro. I mean, he really lives his raps. So, um, all right, cool. So now let's look at the indictment, guys. All right. And also, like the goddamn video, okay? And make sure you subscribe to the channel. Shout out to uh, uh, to Pina. Uh, so now we're going to do the indictment here. All right. And this one is going to be pretty cut and dry, especially now that we know the facts. All right. So they wrote that criminal complaint. And they charge them with those three charges, robbery, conspiracy, etc. So now we're going to go over the indictment, okay? So like I told you guys before, remember how there was the MJ case number? Now we have the CR case number, okay? Because now it's officially become a criminal case because it has been indicted by a grand jury, all right, after the true bill comes out. So United States of America versus Lontrell D. Williams, Bobby Brown, and Jaden DeRosa. Count one. Conspiracy to possess firearm and furtherance of a violent crime, 18 U.S.C. 924. From on or about October 6, 2020 th through or on about October 10, 2020 in the Miami-Dade uh, Miami County, in the Southern District of Florida and elsewhere, the defendants, right, did knowingly and willing, willfully combine, conspire, confederate, and agree with others known and unknown to the grand jury to use, carry, and possess firearms and furtherance of crimes of violence. That is a violation of Title 18, United States Code, 1951, for interference with commerce by robbery is set forth in count three of this indictment, which is an offense forced the defendants may be prosecuted in the court of the United States and to possess firearms and furtherance of such crimes in violation of 18924C, all in violation of you know Title 18 United States Code. It is further alleged that uh, the conspiracy involved the following firearms and the bam, uh, the nine millimeter semi pistol and then the other 762 semi automatic pistol, which I think this is the Draco. Um, and then we got count two, Hobbs Act robbery conspiracy from on or about October 6, 2020 through on or about October 10, 2020 in the Miami-Dade County, the Southern District of Florida and elsewhere. The defendants, right, obviously Pusheisty, Bobby Brown and Jaden DeRosa did knowingly combine, conspire, confederate and agree with each other and others known and unknown to the grand jury to obstruct, delay and affect commerce and the movement of articles and commodities in commerce by means of robbery as the terms commerce and robbery are defined in Title 18 United States Code 
in that the defendants did plan to take United States currency and other property from persons engaged in interstate and foreign commerce, namely persons employed by businesses and companies operating in interstate commerce and foreign commerce and persons engaged in illegal interstate and foreign commerce, namely unlawful sale of narcotics against the will of those persons by means of actual and threatened force, violence, and fear of injury to said persons in violation of Title 18, Code 1951. Which again, guys, going back... That's why it was so important for the feds to establish that the guy that was selling the sneakers operates his business and it affects interstate commerce. He sells his sneakers pretty much, probably more than likely it was done online or even if they use a phone to facilitate the deal, it affects interstate commerce, guys. It is not hard to trigger that um, interstate uh, interstate commerce nexus to make it federal. It's not hard to trigger that. So them talking on the phones, them being on the internet, facilitating the deal uh, online, whatever it is, through text message, Instagram, whatever, it all affects interstate commerce, which, as you guys know, that was very big on the Casanova case that we broke down because a lot of it was done online. So that was why in that affidavit that I showed you guys from the, the task force officer, he said that the guy owns and operates a sneaker sale business that affects interstate commerce. That's how the feds were able to come in and take this bad boy federal, all right? Because normally, I'll be honest with you guys, feds rarely take Burglary cases or robberies, okay? Burglary, robbery, whatever it is, because that's all Hobbs Act stuff is is typically uh, uh, robbery and burglaries. Feds rarely take it unless it's egregious, which in this case, it's a big rapper. He robbed them. Uh, It was on surveillance footage. People got shot in the case. So these were all aggravating circumstances that made them take this case. Also, he the shooting at the King of Diamonds, which was also referred to in the affidavit, also made it like, all right, man, this dude is 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 too hot box now. So, um. So where were we? We um we read this one. Okay. And then count three, on or about October 9th, 2020, in the Miami-Dade County, Southern District of Florida, bam, on the defendants again, did knowingly and unlawfully obstruct, delay, and affect interstate, uh, affect commerce and the movement of articles and commodities in commerce by means of robbery, as the mean, terms robbery and commerce are defined in Title 18 United States Code. And the defendants did take property from persons and in the presence of persons employed by businesses and companies operating in interstate and foreign commerce and persons engaged in interstate and foreign commerce, namely unlawful sale of narcotics against the will of those persons by means of actual and threatened, uh, threatened force, violence, and fear of injury to set persons in violation of Title 18, right? And then obviously them stealing the drugs as well affected in interstate commerce, even though drugs are illegal. Um, and then count four, discharging a firearm and furtherance of a crime of violence. Honorable October 9th in, the, uh, in Miami-Dade County in Southern District of Florida, the defendants did knowingly use and carry a firearm during and in relation to a crime of violence and did knowingly possess a firearm in furtherance of a crime of violence, an offense for which the defendant may be prosecuted in a court of the United States that is in violation of Title 18 United States Code Section 1951 uh, in violation uh, of Title 18 United States Code 1940, 924C, which is also similar charges as what you guys know what Casanova is getting hit with, right? Pursuant to Title 18 United States Code uh, Section 924C, it is further alleged that the firearm was discharged and then forfeiture of allegations, and this is what this forfeiture stuff, guys, is typically like them taking money and seizing things from from him, right? And here we go, boom. Uh, this is acting United States Attorney. This is Ariel P. Uh, F. Klepak. She probably is the the prosecutor on the case, and then uh, Ignacio J. Vasquez also a USA on the case. So this one was done by two different AUSAs, which I'm not surprised. Um, when it's a big artist like this that's going to have the money to hire private counsel, etc., you know, you're going to want, you know. Uh, Two, two AUSAs on it, right? And then obviously here's the four person that signed. They, you know, redacted his name, but this is, uh, you know, the the four person that signed it that got the true bill of indictment. 
Okay, so now, so you got the criminal complaint that was filed by the, F, uh, the FBI affidavit, uh, affiant, task force officer. Then uh, you have about, after you guys file a criminal complaint, you have about, I think it's either 10 or 14 days to indict. So when was this done? Yeah, boom, June 24th. That makes sense. So about two weeks later, boom, they're indicting the case because uh, a criminal complaint can't stand on its own. You need a true bill of indictment to formally bring charges. A criminal complaint is just something that you can get in the pay, in, in, in the wind. Right. Sorry. You file it so they can get an arrest warrant and get the guy into custody quickly. You know, and what I'm thinking is more than likely since they filed a criminal complaint while he was in state custody, there was probably some kind of circumstance that they needed to get him into custody quickly to hit some kind of timeline. So. Uh, so, yeah. So as you guys can see, they, this thing got indicted fairly quickly right after. So now we're going to go and uh, find the case, guys. Uh, we're going to um, we're going to go ahead and um, here, let me stop this real quick. Uh we're going to go ahead and look at the plea agreement as well. And since I'm going to, uh, you know what, since I got you guys here, I might as well teach you guys how to use Pacer. So we're going to give you all some sauce right now. So get the likes up. Let me look right now how many likes we got because I will not continue unless we have enough likes. Uh, let's see here. There's 1.4 K you guys in here watching. I need you guys to like the video right now. We got only 1000 guys. I don't want to have to put this annoying who wants to be a millionaire song on, but I will do it. If you guys don't like the goddamn video. Just like the video. Hit that like button. It helps a lot with the engagement, okay? Because making this kind of content is not easy. Obviously, a lot of research goes into it, getting the videos and everything else for you guys, and then going through and reading through it, making sure I know all the facts. You know what I'm saying? It ain't easy. So help a brother out here. Um, okay, so, all right. Where are we at here? Let me look here before we continue. I will not continue until we get at least... 1,300 likes. Nope, I only see 1K likes. Guys, I will not continue until we get that goddamn 1.3K. All right? I need 1.3K likes, and we will continue on with the show. But in the meantime, while we wait, I'll teach you guys how to look up cases. All right? So here you go. You know, you got Pacer. This is available to the public, guys, by the way, right? And you're going to go here. You're going to hit criminal, all right? And then you're going to go, oh, you know, we're going to go advanced case search, all right? All right, so what you're going to do is you're going to type in the region, right? This is very important for you guys to know the region. So Florida Southern District, right? Boom. Then we're going to go ahead and we're going to go, you know, we could probably just go Williams, okay? Because we know that's uh, Puchaisi's name. And that's not relevant. All criminal. All right. Boom. Do I need the number? I don't think I got that. The 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 um. Is it showing? Okay. Okay. Get me there, damn it. Yeah, and this this I ain't gonna lie to you guys. It's uh, anytime you uh, yeah, save search. Anytime you're using a government database, guys, it's not always the friendliest and most uh, efficient, but that's how it be sometimes. Yeah, like the video just for that, that I got to always do this crap when I pull up cases for y'all. At least one is, you know what? Let me just type in the goddamn 21. Yeah, now, normally, I don't want you guys to learn how to do it this way because, you know what? Maybe because you're not always going to have the criminal case number, especially if you're looking it up. 
right? Because I could type in the case number, but that's not the best way to do it. All right. This thing is being a pain. All right. Let me stop sharing this thing real quick. Okay. What are we at for likes, by the way? And we're at that 1,300? 1.1. Guys, get us a 1,300 while I pull this thing up for y'all real fast. Because now what we're going to do is we're going to go over the... um, We're going to go over the... uh, The guilty plea. Okay? Because he pled guilty recently. Um... We do that. Get the goddamn likes up. But Pacer, guys, just so you guys know, to give you guys a quick little background, Pacer is the um, for federal cases. It's how you find federal cases, basically. Um, even even um, civil cases is how you, as well. So you know what? Let me just type in the case number here. Because it's typically typed, it's typically um, fiscal year, case number, and then CR, which means the case was indicted by a grand jury and it's officially criminal. This thing is being a pain in the ass. Oh, pro tip also, it's always better to just go through the uh, the district that, you, um, uh, that you're trying to find the case versus like doing it like generally like this, how I'm doing it. And let me see if I can get on the website for the Southern District of Florida. And that's the other thing too, guys. Also, always keep in mind that when you're trying to find a case, you have to find the district in which it was it was done. Because if you if you don't know, then you're not going to be able to find it. And there's a bunch. Of, I think if I'm not mistaken, there's like, mm, there's like no, that's not that's not what it is. It's um. There's a bunch of different districts in the United States, right? Like there's a Southern District of Florida, Northern District of Florida, Middle District of Florida, Southern District of New York, et cetera. So you need to be able to um, to find it based on the, the, the jurisdiction. Okay, here we go. All right. So now if I, I got a bunch of different ones here. Um, you know what? Okay. What are, what are we at with the likes? By the way, get a, get us up to. Uh, What do you mean you didn't return any? Apologize for this, guys. This thing is extremely cumbersome. So I'm putting in the name, but it's giving me an error. And this happens all the time with databases like this to have a ridiculous amount, like a lot of information on them where you'll run into like whether system updates, errors, whatever it is. Obviously it's, it's a government website as well. So you guys already know that it's going to be cumbersome. You know what I'm saying? 
That we always make a joke uh, when I used to work for the Uncle Sam back in the day. You know, the government's always like, you know, a year or two behind modern technology. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, come on, man. Like, you know, we're still using CD-ROMs here. I remember I was using a typewriter one time when I was first on the job. And I was like, what the hell? A typewriter, bro? Are you serious? Y'all are fucking crazy, man. Um, all right, we got a criminal. No. I'm going to check the chat here in a second as well. All right. And also, guys, tune in tonight. We have a uh, a very special episode with our boy Casey. We're going to break down um, running game in Colombia, which I know you guys are going to love that one. Because... That one is going to be lit. You know what? Let me try this last name instead then. You know what? Let me try this. I'm going to try doing it with the with the Southern District of, of uh, Florida. So now, hold on, some District of Florida paper. Okay, here we go. All right. God damn, man. This is such a pain. All right, so I'm going to share my screen with y'all real fast. And guys, do me a quick favor. Like the video. So I was able to, I was able to get it up. What are we at here? All right, 1.2. All right, awesome. Okay, cool. So now I'm going to share my screen with y'all real fast. Apologize for that, guys. But as you guys know, government websites are always extremely cumbersome. So here we go. U.S. District, Southern District of Florida, official court electronic document filing system. Right. So we're going to go here. We're going to type in Williams. Right. Lontrell. All right. Boom. Here he is. Defendant. This is how we know it's him. All right. Now, uh, as you guys can see. It has it has both right here because there's multiple defendants on a case. Either one is it's the same case, but we could just go USA versus Williams at all, right? And then you're gonna hit docket report, then you're gonna hit run report, all right? And then bam, here it is. Okay. Which, uh, like I said, this is why it's so important to know the district that the case is in, guys. Because as you guys can see, I was manually typing it in, and it wouldn't give me the answer, even though I knew it was Southern District of Florida criminal case, putting in Williams, and they still weren't giving me anything. So if you know the district that's in. Google the district and then type in Pacer right behind it, right? So let's say Southern District of Florida, Pacer, boom, and then log in through that, uh, log in through Pacer through through that court system, and then bang, you're in. And this is here we are. This is um, this is the case. So as you can see, here's his uh, here's the defense attorney in Fort Lauderdale, okay. And then here's the fire, here's the the charges that we read earlier in the indictment, right? And guys, he was looking at up to life, by the way. You know what I'm saying? With all these charges. And then here's his two defendants with him, right? And Jaden and then Bobby, right? All hit with the same charges. Here's the um, 
the AUSAs, the plaintiffs, Dater Silvero, Ignacio Jesus Vasquez Jr., Ariel Klepak. Okay, so there's a couple AUSAs on this one, which I'm not surprised. They got one, two, three, four AUSAs on this one because it's obviously a big case, right? And then this is how you find a criminal complaint. So the criminal complaint right here is how I pulled it up from there. And then um, this was the motion to seal, which which uh, typically, guys, they did this probably because um, he was in state custody and they didn't want it out there so that they could affect the arrest, you know, without necessarily having to worry about, you know, a lot of media coverage, whatever. So they sealed the case first. Right. And then this is the indictment that we read earlier. And then we're just going to scroll um, down. Right. So this is all the stuff that's been going down on the case. Right. You can, if you guys want to follow the case, all the stuff that's been going on. But what we want to do is we just want to go down to the plea agreement, right? As you guys can see, look at this, all this crap going on. All right, plea agreement. No, factual proffer. Hmm. Okay, that definitely has my attention right there. All right, let's look at the plea agreement, and then we'll look at that one. Very interesting. All right. Okay, so here's a plea agreement. Oh, no, I don't want this one for Bobby. I want the plea agreement for, okay, ple- oh, sorry. It's, we need the plea agreement for our boy Williams. But they all probably took us a very similar plea. All right, so it looks like, yeah, I think all three of them pled by now. All right, so here's a plea agreement, right? United States Attorney's Office for the Southern District of Florida. Um, Can you guys see the screen? Let me make sure. Okay, yeah, yeah, I can see it. All right, yeah, I can see it. Um, For the Southern District of Florida, let me enlarge it a little bit. Um, and Latrell Williams, Heron after referred to his defendant, enters into the following agreement. The defendant agrees to plead guilty to count one of the superseding indictment, which charges the defendant with conspiracy to possess a firearm and furtherance of violent and drug trafficking crimes in violation of 18 U.S.C. 924-0. The United States agrees to dismiss the remaining counts as to this defendant after sentencing. The defendant is aware that the court will impose the sentence after considering the advisory federal sentencing guidelines and policy statements Heron. After sentencing guidelines, the defendant acknowledges and, and understands that the court will compute an advisory sentence under sentencing guidelines and that the applicable guidelines will be determined by the court relying in part on the results of pre-sentence investigation by the court's probation office, which set investigation will commence after the guilty plea has been entered. So long story short, guys, putting that into English, there's something called a, pre, um, uh, a pre-sentence investigation, a.k.a. a PSI where they go and they look into his background, talk to his fam, all this other stuff, and they're going to figure out what the best um, uh, sentence would be for him based on a bunch of other circumstances, all right? Um, The defendant is also aware that under certain circumstances, the court may depart from the advisory sentencing guideline range that that it has computed and may raise or lower that advisory sentence under the sentencing guidelines. The defendant is further aware and understands that the court is required to consider the advisory guideline range determined under the sentencing guidelines but is not bound to impose a sentence within that advisory range the court is permitted to tailor the ultimate sentence in light of other statutory concerns and such sentence may be either more severe or less severe than the sentencing guidelines advisory range okay so in plain english what they're basically saying is hey asshole we can pretty much sentence you to whatever we want within these guidelines okay it might be less it might be more it depends on our pre-sentence investigation Right. Knowing these facts, the defendant understands and acknowledges that the court has the authority to impose any sentence within and up to the statutory maximum authorized by law for the offense identified in paragraph one, and that the defendant may not withdraw the plea solely as a result of the sentence imposed. So in other words, he's pled guilty, done, and whatever they sentence him to, sentence him to is what he's going to get, 
and he can't retract his plea after this, okay? The defendant also understands and acknowledges that as to count one, the court may impose a statutory maximum term of imprisonment of up to 20 years, followed by a term of supervised release of up to three years. In addition to a term of imprisonment and supervised release, the court may impose a fine of up to quarter million dollars, $250,000. And most of the time, guys, supervised release is about five years. Of up to three years? What? Okay. Every time I got some guy, it was always five years. Okay. So for this charge, I guess it's up to three years. Um, the defendant further understands and acknowledges that in addition to any sentence imposed under this agreement, a special assessment of $100 will be imposed on the defendant. I never understood that, <laughs> but that's all the thing. The defendant agrees that any special assessment imposed shall be paid at the time, paid at the time of sentencing. If the uh, defendant is financially un unable to pay the special assessment, the defendant agrees to present evidence to this office and the court at the time of sentencing as to the reasons for the defendant's Failure to pay, which definitely isn't going to work in this situation. <laughs> that back in blood money is going to have to go to, over to Uncle Sam to, in some way. This office reserves the right to inform the court and the probation offices of all facts per pertinent to the sentencing process, including all relevant information concerning the offenses committed, whether charged or not, as well as concerning the defendant and the defendant's background, subject only to express terms of any agreed upon sentencing recommendations contained in this agreement this office further reserves the right to make any recommendation as to the quality and quantity of punishment okay and then let's see here how much more do we have okay and you yeah, you guys could see that usa signs it and then um he signs it right and his attorney signs it but we can we can keep going uh where were we at we were at um Okay, uh, here we go. We'll go into 10. The defendant further agrees to forfeit the United States voluntarily and immediately all property constituting uh, or derived from proceeds obtained directly or indirectly as a result of the violation and any property used or intended to be used in any matter or part to commit or facilitate the commission of the violations. The defendant further agrees to forfeit to the United States voluntarily and immediately all firearms or ammunition involved in or used or intended to be used in the offense. The defendant also agrees to fully cooperate with the United States in all proceedings, whether administrative or judicial, involving the forfeiture to the United States of all rights, title, interests, regarding, regardless of their nature or form, and all assets, including real and real and personal property, cash, and other monetary instruments, wherever located, which the defendant or others to the defendant's knowledge have accumulated a result of the illegal activity. So I'll tell you guys this, that 40K that the government sees, they're probably going to take that. Um, such assistance will be involved with the defendant's agreement to the entry of an order enjoining the transfer or encumbrance of assets that may be identified as being subject to forfeiture. Additionally, the defendant agrees to identify as being subject to forfeiture all of such assets and to assist in the transfer of such property to the United States by delivery to this office upon the office's request, all necessary and appropriate documentation concerning said assets, including consents of forfeiture, quit claim deeds and other documents necessary to deliver good and marketable title to said property. So I don't know if he's actually going to give up any real estate property or anything like that, but this is typically like, you know, general language that the government uses to, um, and we hit that 1.3 K likes guys. So thank you so much for that. Appreciate it. Um, so they can basically see how it's written very broadly guys. The big thing I want you to take away from this is look at how it's written so broadly where basically what the government's telling them is, yo, you're pleading guilty. We can, you know, give you the minimum, but we can also give you the maximum. We basically have every right as to sentence you to whatever we want within the guidelines. And you can't do anything about it because you're agreeing to plead guilty. And on top of that, any of the money that you made from committing said crime 
is now going to be forfeited to the United States. So that 40 grand that was involved in the shooting in King of Diamonds uh, and that other 40 grand that he left in that Louis Vuitton duffel bag at the scene, that is probably all going to be seized by the government, okay, uh, and forfeited since it is cash, all right? Um, let's see here. The defense wear that. Okay, so the defendant further agrees that forfeiture is independent of any assessment, fines, costs, restitution orders, or other penalty that the court may impose. So, yes, he could still be liable for other things, you know, whether it's covering that dude's, you know, <laughs> medical bills from getting shot in the ass, etc. And on top of that, guys, they can still come and sue Pushaisi civilly after this, okay? This is criminal. Those guys can still come after him civilly. The defendant is aware that Title 18 United States Code Section 372 and Title 28 United States Code Section 1291 afforded the defendant the right to appeal the sentence opposed in this case. Acknowledging this, in exchange for the undertakings made by the United States in this plea agreement, the defendant hereby waives all rights conferred by Sections 3742 and 1291 to appeal any sentence imposed, including any restitution order, or to appeal the sentence imposed in this case. So he can't appeal it, guys. He basically forfeited his rights to appeal the sentence that's given to him by pleading guilty. Acknowledging this in exchange uh, in exchange for the undertakings made by the United States in this plea agreement, the defendant hereby waives all rights conferred by uh, 3742 and 1291 to appeal any sentence imposed, including any restitution order, or to appeal how the sentence was imposed unless the sentence exceeds the maximum permitted by statute or is the result of an upward departure or an upward variance from the advisory guideline range that the court establishes the sentencing, which that's not going to happen. They're probably going to give him a certain range. They're not going to go above because he pled guilty. They they only throw the book at you guys typically when you go to trial. When you go to trial, then yeah. And he was facing life, guys. With all these charges, he was definitely facing life. Um, And he obviously pled guilty because he was like, bro, I can get out between two to eight. I'll just do that. You know, because he could still get out in his 20s, maybe even early 30s and be able to live a life versus going to jail for life and not being able to do anything, you know? Because remember, his music is still making money. He's still getting streams. Uh, yeah, he's not making show money, but he's still at least getting some of that money from his uh, publishing, etc. All right? Uh, the defendant further understands... Uh, let's see here. Where were we? Okay, the defendant further understands that nothing in this agreement shall affect the government's right or duty to appeal as set forth in Title 18 United States Code 3742 and Title 28. So the government can appeal something if they don't like it. So if the judge gives a ruling that they don't like, the government can appeal, but he can't. However, if the United States appeals the defendant's sentence pursuant to 3742 and 1291, the defendant shall be released from the above waiver of appellate rights by signing this agreement. The defendant acknowledged that the defendant uh, has discussed the appeal waiver set forth in this agreement with the defendant's attorney. The defendant further agrees. Together with this office to request that the court enter a specific finding that the defendant waiver of his rights to appeal the sentence imposed in this case was knowing and voluntary. Okay, let's see. Do we need to read the rest of the stuff? Okay, in the last paragraph. Defendant recognized that pleading guilty may have consequences concerning the defendant's immigration status if the defendant is not a citizen of the United States. Yeah, so guys, if you're uh, a green card holder or you have a visa here, whatever, you plead guilty to felony charges, you're getting deported. Automatic. Uh, automatic. ICE is going to show up as soon as you're done with your charge. Uh, so, But he's a U.S. citizen, so he doesn't have to worry about that. Under federal laws, many crimes are removable offenses, including the offenses to which the defendant is pleading guilty. Removal and other immigration consequences are subject to of a separate proceeding. However, and the defendant understands that no one, including the defendant's attorney or the court, can predict to a certainty the effect of the defendant's conviction on the defendant's immigration status. That's very true, but he's a U.S. citizen, so this doesn't really apply. This is the entire agreement and understanding between the office and the defendant. There are no other agreements, promises, representations, or understandings. Bam. Done. This was signed on 1-4-2022, and as you guys can see, it was filed 
So he played guilty, guys. Um, now here's the other thing too that I want to kind of see. Uh, let's let's go back to this thing here that I want to show y'all because there's something that was that had me a little uh, interested, piqued my interest. So as you guys can see, right? So as we said before, you know this is how you find the case, right? And this shows everything here. So we're gonna go all the way to the bottom here. Factual proffer as to Bobby Brown. Let me look at this. Okay, factual proffer. All right, all right. Okay, so this is this is this is the um uh, this is the official. Okay, okay. This is the official uh story of what happened basically. All right. So and they're probably going to do this for Pushaisi as well. The United States of America, Bobby Brown, defendant, defendant's counsel agree that had this case gone to trial, the United States would have proven the following facts among others incurred in the Miami-Dade County in the Southern District of Florida and elsewhere beyond a reasonable doubt, and that such facts are sufficient to establish the defendant's guilt to the offenses charged in the indictment. And then from on or about January 2019 or earlier and continuing on to at least Janu July 2021 or later, Bobby Brown participated in a group with Lantra Williams Jr. and others that conspired to carry firearms during and in re relation to and possess firearms in furtherance of a drug trafficking crimes and for crimes of violence. Brown met Jade and DeRosa through this through his participation in a conspiracy when Brown traveled with Williams Jr. Uh, and other associates in Miami-Dade County in October 2020 during the conspiracy. Brown and his co-conspirators co co used social media platforms to discuss distribution of marijuana along with the group's access to firearms and ammunition. Uh, and then this is, okay, examples. On October 9th, yeah, boom. Okay, so basically the, um, this is uh, the factual proffer. So this is how the story is. Get, this is basically the government saying, hey, if we went to trial, you would have taken an L. It is what it is, and he's agreeing to that, and that's a part of the plea agreement as well, okay? So um, as you guys can see, the federal government definitely crosses their T's and dots their I's, and this is why they have such a high win rate, you know what I'm saying, and they don't lose. So, okay, now predictions, all right? And I need you guys to like the video, all right? Because uh, we got 13, 35 of you guys in here. Let me look through the chat real quick. Uh, doo -doo 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 -doo. And then I'm also going to open it up for Q&A. So if you guys got questions, shoot your, shoot your uh, questions in right now through Super Chat, and I will answer them. Uh because we're going to get wrapping up here in a second, okay? Um, so let's see here. Uh, I saw one chat here. Okay, Cardboard Knife. Uh, like the damn video, guys. It's free. Facts. Like the video, guys. Get over here! Like it, all right? And also, subscribe to the channel. Um, let's see here. Okay, 10 bucks, Native Arrain. Pushaisti is hell, is hell damn. His music is fire, though. I think he means hella dumb is what he means. Yes, it was very... Um, Stupid what happened. You know what I'm saying? Like, Stupid. I wish he didn't do that. But, bro, this is what happens when you're young and you have money and he's, like, you know, he's just not used to it. He robbed the dude for sneakers and weed, bro. Like, what? Come on, man. Uh, Green Junkies D DIY. Can you do a segment on Chino Antrax, the CDS Sicario that hot caught by flexing on his IG? Um, yeah, I'll make a note of that. Uh, can you make a note of that one? Um, what else here do we have here? Uh, anything else? I want to make sure I didn't miss anybody. Uh... And guys, thank you so much for the donations, man. And thanks for bearing with me as I was finding it, man. Uh, freaking, as you guys can see, Pacer is extremely cumbersome. So, all right. So here's my predictions, man. He's going to probably do somewhere between two to eight years for this. Um, and the thing that sucks about feds, guys, is that with the feds, you got to do at least 80% of your time. There's no early release. There's no parole. There's none of that crap. You you have to do a majority of your time when it comes to the feds. Maybe he can negotiate with his... Um, with his attorney and the government to get like, you know, when he gets sent over to the Bureau of Prisons to uh, 
to be able to, uh, you know, get maybe a lower security prison so that he's not as restricted. Because some of the lower uh, uh, security prisons, you'll be able to like, it's kind of like a college campus almost. Like they walk around, they work, they do shit, they hang out. So if he can get something like that, that won't be so bad. And then he might be able to even record music while he's in jail. It's probably going to be tough. Uh, but that'll be as he continues on with his sentence. And also he had, he had, uh, he wanted to get out on, on bail, right? Uh, since he pled guilty, but the way the government's looking at it, like, bro, you pled guilty already. You're going to go to jail. We're not going to let you go. And then since the crimes that he committed were, you know, violent in, in nature that, you know, the judge denied it, which I'm not surprised that the judge denied it because it was a, a crime of violence. And then on top of that, uh, you know, they're like, yo, why are we going to let you out? when you already pled guilty and you're going to do the time anyway. And what happened was Pooh Shiesty's, uh legal team tried to structure something like they did for NBA Youngboy. As you guys know, NBA Youngboy was released. And I'll break down his case too. Uh, he was released and they basically like, he put up like, I think $2 million, two and a half, two to two and a half million dollars. Um, they put him in a house. He's, he's, he's on house arrest. Uh, he can only have a certain amount of people that come to his place. He has security there. He's in like Utah He's not associating with certain members that are involved in criminal activity. So Pusaisi's team tried to put some kind of package together like that and argue to the judge, hey, let my client come out so that he can at least record music, you know, and before he does his sentence. But the way the judge looked at it is like, no, well, he already pled guilty. He's going to go to jail anyway. Why am I going to let him out? You know what I'm saying? It's going to be uh, – and then, and then he could be a danger to the community is based on his crimes. The thing with NBA Youngboy was NBA Youngboy was able to get out on bond pending his case. So – they didn't necessarily have to um, let him go. Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, they were able to let him out because he wasn't convicted yet. You know what I'm saying? He's been indicted, but he hasn't been convicted. And obviously, you know, his record label and everything else like that, because a uh, young boy is assigned to, a, assigned to a major label, right? Not like 1017 is assigned to like a major. Um, but no, you know what? No, Pooh's because uh, 1017 is under a major. So, but regardless, there his execs came in, testified on his behalf. They put up a lot of money. They built him a recording studio. They did all these things to show, hey, he's not going to get in trouble. We're going to guarantee the fact that, you know, he's going to show up to court. The, we, you know, you guys are going to be monitoring him and everything like that. And they tried to do a push IC and it didn't work because push IC already pled guilty. So the judge was like, yo, you're going to go to jail anyway. You're going to be a risk for me to try to get you back. So that's why they didn't do it. Uh, so Big Burr is in trouble. You know what I'm saying? Unfortunately, because uh, like I told you all before, when the feds come, bro, it's not good. As I spill my water all over the place. Um, so, all right. Do we got any questions here? Let's see here. Uh, you guys got any questions, man? Ask them away. Two years is a slap on the wrist for such a crime. Yeah. 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 I mean, but I'm saying I think he's going to get closer to eight, to be honest with you guys, um, based on his criminal history. And then the fact that he actually discharged the firearm and shot these dudes. So um, I think he's going to get closer to the eight. Um, but hey, man, like, honestly, he did the smart thing, pleading guilty. Because if he didn't plead guilty, bro, he would have definitely... He, they would have found him guilty, man. I told y'all the feds don't lose, bro. They do not lose. And the fact that they had him on Hobbs Hobbs uh, robbery, Hobbs Act, nah, man, that ain't good. <laughs> That's definitely not good. Um, so let's see here. Uh, we got uh, okay, uh, Tesla guy things five bucks. Can you break down the Irv Gotti case? They beat the feds. Yes, I will break the Irv Gotti case down. Um, the thing you guys gotta remember though is that Irv Gotti case, they didn't care about Irv Gotti and them, bro. They they were they were more concerned with going after uh Ken McGriff, aka Supreme. That's who they were more concerned with going after. But I will uh, I'll break that case down for y'all too. That one will take a little bit of time because that one was a big one. Um, but yeah, I think what they hit Irv Gotti and his brother with, if I'm not mistaken, was they were trying to say they were laundering uh Supreme's money, 
is what they were trying to say through Murder, Inc. records. And they were able to actually beat it. But they they weren't even high up on the totem pole. They didn't really care about, about uh, Irv and his brother. They they just were famous. They were the most famous guys, but they didn't really care about them. They wanted McGriff. You know what I'm saying? Um, let's see, let's see here. Uh, if you, any other questions? If not, uh, Gipper, I'm gonna get ready for the uh, for the show um, with Columbia. Uh, six pound bass fisherman. Uh, he said, "Don't read." I see you trying to appreciate. I had. Okay. Don't read. Thanks for re- uh, adding Latino to the chat. Bad cal- calculator. I see you trying to appreciate it. I know census categories is the issue, not y'all. Okay. Thank you. And then uh, we got, uh, oh, Cardboard Brody. Okay. I think I read that one as well. Let's see here. What else do we got here? Any other questions, guys? Uh, yo, can somebody give Robert Sananis a wrench, by the way, guys? Um, yeah. And yes, pleading guilty definitely does help you. Uh, it's you negotiating so that you don't like do more time because he would have went to jail for life, guys, if, if he tried to fight this one. Hanun Ali, $20 Canadian. Thank you so much. Appreciate that, my friend. Um, let's see here. I'm looking here for any questions that are good. Uh, yeah, pleading yeah, uh, pleading guilty definitely does help you with your sentence, 100%, bro, especially with the feds. Um, what do what do feds do with seized assets? Uh, it goes into their treasury fund, bro, and then that's how the government collects their money. You know, taxes and seizing it from criminals. Uh, thought that was your place, the way you spilled that water. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they were knocking on, on my door, guys. Uh, did you ever use the Stingray device? Do you think it's unconstitutional? If you're talking about what I think you're talking about, no comment. I think I know what you're talking about. Well, actually, I know definitely know what you're talking about. No comment. Push I see new verse. Went and hit that jury, and the judge had to get it back in blood. Yeah, man. <laughs> the, the, yeah, the U.S. government definitely getting it back in blood. They're making them pay money to them. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, Big Burr, man. Fame is a hell of a drug. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, man. It, it, it sucks, bro. I, I Honestly, it, like... I did not um when he when he got picked up by the feds, I was like, it's a wrap. And, and then I looked at who did it. It was the FBI uh robbery squad. I was like, this 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 is a wrap. You know. So uh and yo guys, do me a favor. Shout out to Peanut, but by the way, in the chat. Go ahead and like the goddamn video, all right? Because making this content isn't easy. Cause uh, you know, obviously we broke that bad boy down. Victory. From all angles. Um, but yeah, other than that, mass, okay. So announce before I get off the air. We got our show coming up at um, 8 p.m. We're going to talk about how to get girls in Columbia. Uh, and then we're going to have a nighttime show with lo- some lovely ladies as well. And then I'm going to do the K-Flock case this Sunday. Um, shout out to Christina. She's been helping me a lot with um, with getting the stuff. Uh, we're waiting on some transcripts, right? Here, you want to tell the people real quick what's, what's uh, going on with that? Hold on. Yeah, tell tell them what's going on. Um, so pretty much talking to Mike, woman. Oh, this is why I don't go into show. No, okay, tell them real quick um, what you what you've been doing behind the scenes so they know that we're not. So pretty around. much calling the courthouse like multiple departments, going back and forth with them throughout like multiple days, and then having people go to the courthouse to watch the cases. Mm-hmm. But it's just honestly dealing with. Yeah, we're sending people for the for the yeah. hearings too, guys. Which, we ain't messing around. 
it's just dealing with them. It's just they're so short staffed and just just difficult to get a hold of. Yeah, this is a city in New York, by the way, that we're talking about. So right now, so right because I've been wanting to break down this K Flock case for you guys for a while. It's just that um, we want to make sure we have all the facts, right? And then recently, they just found out that they got uh, fingerprints pulled off the gun that uh, that uh, was used in a shooting. So I'm going to get that information as well as the court documents. Well, I have the comp- I have the criminal complaint written by the detective, but we're waiting on the the hearing transcripts. What? When did that happen? The- like recently, like a couple days that ago. Means I have to recall them and get the court documents. Those ones. No, no, no. You, they, you might get that in a police report. You might get oh, that off of uh, the actual okay. police report. So, so. I have some go to police report. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, guys, we got people going it, going in, and like you know, going in and getting documents for us and everything else like that, because we want to make sure we give y'all everything, bro. Because you know, we don't want to uh, misreport anything. That's why I'd be reading the, the 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 court documents with you guys on air. You know what I'm saying? So you guys can actually, so you guys can learn how to find them, learn how to read them, and then basically get an idea of how the case was done. Obviously, as you guys can see with this Push Icy one, it was very simple, man. Like they they got the video footage, they interviewed the defendants, the defendants positively identified them, and then on top of that, they had the money and they matched it up with the serial numbers with the picture that I showed y'all. It was just a wrap on that point. It was just like, damn, son, where'd you find this? Very easy case, man. So, uh, so yeah, we're gonna have uh, Sunday uh, Push Icy case. And uh, the chat's saying thanks, Christina, for for uh, for helping with that. Yeah, yeah, she's been working a lot behind the scenes. Also, Tori Lanes, you want to tell them on that? She's been helping so, me with the Tori Lanes case too, case as case as well, guys. Just doing that when you're doing this. Um, we have his case number. I'm gonna get his court records. Uh huh. Hopefully, the police report though. I had to send somebody. Yeah. Okay. So they fill out a form. Yeah. And and uh, yeah, man. I mean. I, I, I honestly, bro, that that whole Tory case thing, man. Like, bro, Meg the Stein. I, I think she was capping, bro. I ain't, I ain't gonna lie to y'all, man. Like, Tory, Tory, uh, like they they over sensationalized it, and it's crazy how you know the court of public opinion, you know, believe all women, all this other stupid bullshit, like was used, and they blackballed them, and now it's coming to light that like he didn't even shoot the gun, and there's a bunch of other facts coming out. So, so yeah, what what happened? Wait. Oh yeah, this just in actually too. Um, his girlfriend, Christina, just brought this to my attention. Um, uh, Meg the Stein's boyfriend, uh, what's uh, and her boyfriend party have called it quits, and it's alleged that the breakup was made possible because Megan had bad temper when drunk. Sources tell MTO News that party loves Megan, but then when she's drunk, things get messy, which party party is unable to deal with. And guys, just so y'all know, they were really lit that night. Uh, at the uh, the day the, the night that you know Tori allegedly shot her, and she was drunk as well. So hmm, we'll see what happens, guys. You know what I'm saying? So. All I got to say is that don't believe all women, man, because anyone can get anyone can lie. Men, women, you know, anyone is capable of lying, bro. This whole believe all women thing is, is bullshit. That's a whole other thing. But we'll break down that case for y'all because you guys have been asking me on the Tory case. K-Flock is this Sunday. We're just waiting on the Tory Lane's uh, documents. And then I know you guys had given me a bunch of other people that you want me to break down as well. Uh, let me look at that list real quick. You got it? It's it's on the notes? Okay. Um. Yeah, so let me look here. Because I'll tell you guys what other episodes I have. Okay, so I got, we did Push I see I got K Flock next week. I'm going to do uh, NBA Young Boy for y'all, YFN Lucci. Um, I will do the 6 9 case. I know you guys want uh, Epstein and Gislaine, which uh, that one's going to take me a little bit of time, but I will do that one for you guys as well. And then you guys want uh, some of my old stories from that I used to do when I was on the job. You guys want the O Block case, Fetty Wap. I got a request for the TI Gun case, and also someone asked me for Aaron Hernandez. Um, so yeah, no, I have that list. A new one? Yeah. What's... I was watching the whole chat. Oh, you've been watching what the people said? Yeah. Look at that. She was watching the chat. Okay. We got, let's see here. 
El Chapo's wife, El Chapo's sons, J- Jody Araras, Tony Soprano, Rallo and Omni. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I know Omni. Uh, Theron Car Cartel, Mass Murderers, Whitey Bulger. <laughs> Whitey Bulger. Yeah, we could definitely talk about the Whitey Bulger one. I'm very familiar with that one. Lincoln Burrows, Tax Stone, Fujiano, Irv Gotti. Fujiano, if I'm not mistaken, is the one that was in uh, – that's the guy I think that was in 1017 that got arrested for the ankle bracelet. Everyone in 1017 is in jail, bro, which kind of sucks. Um, And then Irv Gotti. Yeah, okay, so you took notes of what they were saying in the chat. All right. She's listening to y'all. So, yeah, I, I just uh, – Hydra, I just said what well, Tori. Yeah, I'm gonna do Tory Lanes. Don't worry. I will do it. We're just weighing on some on some stuff for it. But the more we look into it, the more it looks like he ain't shooting no, nobody, bro. Um, and then yeah, I will do Jeffrey Epstein, Aaron Hernandez too. And then yeah, and then no, I'm gonna be doing one case per week right now. I might bump it up to two, but this week I'm gonna give you guys two since I missed last week uh because of uh <laughs> having a fly out and everything like that. So okay, let's see here if I missed any. I want to make sure I didn't miss anybody. Uh, please do Fast and Furious. I will do. Can you write that one down? Fast and Furious. That's the ATF. Uh, the ATF uh, mess up right there. I sent you an email. Can I pay you to post a video I created that World Star rejected? Uh, okay. I mean, send send it over to uh, unpluckfit at gmail.com and let me know. I don't know if I'll post it, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. I'll I'll look at the video and make sure it ain't crazy. Um, and then what else do we got here? Uh, I want to make sure I didn't miss any of you guys. Um, it's crazy how you can attempt to commit murder and only get two years LOL at the justice system. Remember, guys, he played to just like basically using a gun. So that's going to, you know, it is what it is. Uh, okay, six-pound fisherman. A six, I read that one earlier. Thank you so much. Uh, what else do we got here? I just want to make sure I didn't miss any of you guys. Hanun Ali, thank you. Super sticker. Uh, Grease, junkies, do it yourself. If they got Jim Jones on tape conspiring to kill 6 9 why is he not in jail? Good question. I don't know. I, I mean, I got to listen to that phone call explicitly to know. But, um, yeah, I've been hearing a lot about that. That uh, the, the, um, Remember, guys, when they called Jim, the dude just called Jim to come to talk about it. Jim didn't necessarily agree, if I'm not mistaken, or say that he was going to do anything about it. Um, Hanun Ali, 20 bucks. Respect on your hard work, Myron. Doing this podcast with two more today, also coming from NY and doing a couple of shows there. Aside having personal motivation, what do you do to keep up this pace? Uh, a deep hatred for my haters, bro. I told you guys all the time, man, I'm motivated to destroy competition and just putting out better content than everybody else. That's really what motivates me, honestly. You know, the, like, I love the fact that, like, we work really hard. You guys really enjoy the content, and that's what I that's that's what I strive to do. You know what I'm saying? We went to New York. We did three podcasts back-to-back. I barely slept. I was tired as hell. Came in last night, fell asleep, was tired as hell. Uh, went to the gym just now, came in, did this for y'all, and then we got the night, the two shows coming up. And yeah, man, really, you guys motivate me, man. A deep hatred for the haters, right? And wanting to prove them wrong and, and putting out good content. And then you guys, because you guys send me really motivating DMs every single day, you know? So like, I can't let y'all down, bro. You know, the hate fuels me and then you guys keep me going. Um, so let's see here. Uh, all right, cool. And then we got Do Hunter B, Richard Hernandez. Thank you for that suggestion. Um, And other than that, yeah. I'll have timestamps here, in a, uh, uh, guys, in a bit. And other than that, guys, thank you so much. This was a great show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys learned from it. Um, you know, if you want to write Pooh Shiesty, you know, obviously you guys have his FDC number and everything else like that. He's here in Miami right now, as a matter of fact. And, yeah, man, I hope he doesn't get a lot of time, uh, but we'll see when he gets sentenced. I anticipate that he'll be sentenced sometime by February. Sometime in February, they're probably going to sentence him. Hopefully he gets a lower sentence and, 
Uh, you know what I'm saying? I, I wish him the best, man, because I do genuinely love his music. I was listening to it right before the show. Uh, Joe, Ex- Joe Exotic, yes, I will do the Joe Exotic case too. I will do that one. And the reason why I'm interested in doing that one is because uh, that case actually was investigated by Fish and Wildlife, which is rare. They don't do many criminal investigations. So that is going to definitely be interesting. I will look at that one as well. They did that one with the FBI. So I'll check it out. So we got a nice show. Guys, uh, in 20 minutes, we're going to have uh, this episode on definitive guide on how to get girls in Columbia. And then we got an after-hour show with some lovely ladies. Uh, thank you guys so much. Uh, Christina is saying thank you for doing all your research, uh, helping me out. Yeah, she's been really helpful as far as like getting me the KFLOX stuff and everything else. Because as you all know, I'm so focused on the show, I don't have time to chase down these stupid-ass clerks and get this information. Because with the state courts, you actually have to go and deal with the, the clerks. Like with the feds, you could pull it up in the system, even though you guys can see the system sucks and it's annoying. I can at least pull it up. With the state, it's a pain. So, yeah, shout-out to Christina. She's been helping me quite a bit. Um, yeah, guys, other than that, man, love you guys. Hope you guys, uh, I'll catch you guys here in about 20 minutes. We're going to talk about Columbia, how to get girls there. And the crypto course will come back out. We're going to bring it back out for 24 hours for you guys uh, because we're out in New York and we didn't get to uh, advertise it as much as we wanted to because I've been getting a bunch of requests from you guys saying, hey, is the crypto course closed? Is it closed? We will open it back up for you guys um, because we're so busy in New York and we didn't have time to really like put it out there. And I know a lot of you guys want to get in that crypto mindset course. So we'll put that back out for y'all. Love y'all. Peace.